Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for February 6th, 2023. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evenings, wherever you may be. What a random ending to that Monday Night Raw tonight, man. I got to... Sneaking suspicion on where they're going with that as we have the Elimination Chamber in Montreal where another fellow Canadian might show her face. So we will talk about that. But Lita returned to the company and Lita is back in the WWE for now and wants a piece of that WrestleMania season. as she helps Becky Lynch win the Steel Cage match, which I thought was very good. Tonight, in the main event of Monday Night Raw, Becky Lynch beats Bailey, and Damage Control continues to look like three geeks on Monday night. Don't know where they're going, but we will talk about it later on in the show. I thought tonight, Monday Night Raw was pretty good. I thought they did a very good job of building the Elimination Chamber uh, matches themselves. We got the ladies. The field of six is set. Carmella is the final entrance Upon her return tonight, Carmella is the final entrant in the Elimination Chamber. She joins a very good field of women there. She will not win. And I I do think that Asuka will walk out victorious in the Chamber. But the men also have their field of six set. Montez Ford and Damian Priest are now in the Elimination Chamber. The men's is a little bit more unpredictable, I'd say. We'll talk about that and where I think that's going right here on the podcast as well. But the big thing that happened tonight, and I want to start off with this, the big thing that happened tonight was Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman in the promo back and forth that we got in the third hour. First of all, I was happy to see that they were doing this already because one of my complaints leading into this was six weeks is not enough. Six weeks is not enough for Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, especially when you compare it to what the fans are crying about with Sami Zayn. Everybody wants Sami Zayn to be a part of the WrestleMania main event with Roman Reigns. It's not going to happen. I've said this all weekend. You guys need to put this out to pasture. It needs to die. If you realized anything tonight, 
WWE is not going to listen to your crying and your concerns and your want of Sami Zayn over Cody Rhodes. It's Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania, and it's not fucking changing. It's not going anywhere. If they did anything tonight, it's that they doubled down on the main event of WrestleMania. You're getting Sammy and Roman at the chamber and be happy with that and shut up. It's not becoming a triple threat match either. I don't know how people are this stupid. I mean, thank God half of you fucking people aren't booking creative. All over social media, it needs to be a triple threat match. Yeah, good luck getting there. Good luck getting there. How do we get there? And what do we do? The result on Saturday is going to be the same thing that's going to be the result on, on, on Elimination Chamber. Main event, Saturday. Sami Zayn's not winning the WWE Championship. Roman's not losing a title before he gets to the main event on Sunday night. He's not losing a title to hold on to the other title. It's ridiculous. Roman's not losing at all until WrestleMania. Potentially, we don't even know. We don't even know. For all we know, WWE could take Roman's reign into 1,000 days plus. It's a nice round number. So I'm going to need you guys to put this shit to bed. Sami Zayn is not becoming the world champion. He will win the tag team titles at WrestleMania with Kevin Owens against the Usos, and you are going to be happy with that, okay? The one thing that I was concerned with when it comes to Cody Rhodes is the fact that it was not enough time. And the potential, I never said it was going to happen. The potential of it was always there. It was very, very real that the fans would turn on Cody Rhodes. It happens to all the big baby faces that WWE just jams down your throat. The next big thing, right? Cody Rhodes is the next guy in line to lead WWE. He's the perfect candidate to do so. He's got everything that they want. Was six weeks enough? This is why I feel everybody was kind of leaning on Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's nine months plus in the bloodline to where we got now is greater than the Cody Rhodes story because it's been building nine months compared to six weeks. Cody Rhodes was done no favors by WWE. None. He wrestled Seth Rollins at last year's WrestleMania in a hell of a match. Then he wrestled Seth Rollins two more times after that. Went 3-0 against Seth Rollins. The last one being inside Hell in a Cell where he torn his pec beforehand and wrestled the match with a completely torn pec off the bone. Very heroic of him to do so. I would expect nothing less from Cody Rhodes. But after that, he needed surgery. He went away for seven months. WWE announces him three weeks before the Royal Rumble that he will be in the Royal Rumble. We get to Royal Rumble Saturday last weekend, and Cody Rhodes comes out at number 30. He wins the Royal Rumble. He's basically handed the Royal Rumble. There's very little struggle for Cody Rhodes in the Royal Rumble. Not really starting the road to WrestleMania off the way that I had, that the way that I had envisioned for Cody Rhodes. I booked it a little bit better. I thought it would have been done a little bit better if Cody Rhodes came out at number one or at least in the middle of the pack at number 15. He wins the Royal Rumble. He's staring down Gunther at the end of the match. He eliminates Gunther and blah, 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 blah. He wins the Royal Rumble. 
He outlasted 29 other guys in the Royal Rumble. False. He outlasted six guys. Because when he got out there, that's all that was left. He didn't outlast 29. Don't make it sound better than it was. He outlasted six and lasted a little more than 15 minutes in the Royal Rumble. I don't really constitute that as a struggle. Here you go, Mr. Rhodes. Here's your WrestleMania main event against Roman Reigns, who's held the WWE Championships for more than two fucking years. This is why I asked the question of, was it enough? Then we get Cody cutting these promos. And we get these vignettes. Oh, my father. Oh, Dusty. This and that. My family. There's more than one royal family in pro wrestling. Blah, 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 blah. Dusty, 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 Dusty. Where is Cody, 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 Cody? I don't get it. So we come to tonight. And the promo back and forth between Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman was fantastic because... I mean, I don't think anybody out there is looking at Paul Heyman and thinking, well, that's a very mid-segment for Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman doesn't do mid-segments. Neither does Cody Rhodes. But the one thing I was looking for is, is this going to be about Cody? Are we going to get this about Cody Rhodes? There was still a lot of dusty references. But what I hope we accomplished at the end of this segment was that it left the door open to move on from Dusty, move on from Cody's narrative of he's doing it for Dusty. He's got to do it for his father. He's got to do it for his family. We're going to move on from that, and it's going to be about Cody Rhodes. You guys need to understand something. I understand Cody Rhodes' mission statement is very important. He wants to win the big one that his father never won. I get it. I believe in it, and they're going to make it right. I trust them. But if they continue to push the dusty narrative, it is not going to be any different than any other story that we've seen in the past that resembles this one. If they don't move on from Dusty, it is going to be Cody Rhodes wrestling Roman Reigns. And it's going to be Cody Rhodes not moving on from his father's shadow. Because it's about Dusty. It's about Cody doing it for Dusty. I'm not saying Dusty can't be a part of the story. But I don't want Dusty to be a part of the story and make it a priority. That's the problem. I want Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. This is what I wanted. Since last year, I've been wanting this. This is it. This is the guy to beat Roman. There's nobody better. There's no greater storyteller in the world of pro wrestling than Cody Rhodes. But I don't want it to be about his father. I want it to be about his father in a sense where he's a part of the story and not the story. Otherwise, Cody Rhodes is going to make it about Dusty, and he's not going to be moved on. He's not going to move on from the shadow of Dusty Rhodes. The greater story would be Cody Rhodes left the WWE seven years ago. He asked for his release. He wanted to move on from WWE, thinking nothing more of him 
than Stardust. They wanted to keep him middle of the road. They never saw anything in Dusty Rhodes. Vince never seen anything in Cody Rhodes. Nothing. He was always Dusty's son. They never looked at Cody Rhodes as anything more. He leaves the company. He gets released. He goes on the indies. He's wrestling top name after top name after top name, making more money than he ever made in WWE. The American Nightmare is born. Then all of a sudden he puts out a tweet. We're going to sell out this stadium. He bets with Dave Meltzer. They sell out all in. They bet on themselves. They went all in on themselves. All in gave birth to AEW, where Cody Rhodes was an EVP, who he wrestled for for three years. He went and riled up WWE by creating a rival promotion. He was at the top of his game. He went and made something of himself that WWE never saw in Cody Rhodes. They were too busy manufacturing Roman Reigns as the face of the company. They never looked at anybody like Cody Rhodes as the face of the company. The story should be about Cody and leaving WWE and joining AEW and making himself into the name that WWE never saw. They should make it about Cody wanting to go out there and show them that he's just as good, if not greater, than Roman Reigns. You wanted this guy. You put your money and all your eggs in this guy's basket. Now I'm back to prove the company wrong and to prove Roman wrong, and I'm just as good as he is. I bet on myself, and now I'm betting on myself to beat this guy and take down his reign and become the WWE. That's the story. Not Dusty, not Dustin, not his family. That is the story. Did we open a door tonight to lead to that? I understand that they need to preface everything about it being about Dusty. There were some great stories told tonight by Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes. They broke down the fourth wall. Great. I love it. But if we continue to hear about, oh, I got to win the WWE Championship for Dusty, this ain't going nowhere. I guarantee it. You will get tired of it by the time we get to WrestleMania. And the outcome of WrestleMania, if Cody wins, will not be as big as it should be. He won it for Dusty. What about winning it for Cody? What about winning it because they didn't believe in you? What about winning it because they went with Roman and manufactured Roman and saw Roman as the guy and never saw you as the guy to a point where you had to ask for your release to go fucking wrestle on the indies and and make AEW a competitor, then come back because you had made yourself into a household name, a superstar. That's the story. Not Dusty. If you think Dusty's the story, you're asking for a very middle-of-the-road, I've-been-there-done-that WWE story. Sob, 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 cry, cry, cry about Dusty, Dusty, Dusty is going to go nowhere in the grand scheme of things. I'm not saying that you can't make it about the, the Rhodes family versus the Anawai family, but you really need to make it personal about Cody. 
I hope to God that they open that door tonight with this promo. Because if I hear Dusty's name mentioned again, this storyline is going to go down and down and down and become a little bit more less interesting week by week by week by week. I'm tired of it. I was tired of it the last time they did it. I was tired about it when Shawn Michaels went through it. The boyhood dream comes true. Take the shit and jam it down your throat, why don't you? We don't want to hear that. Roll into a fucking city like New York and and, and complain about Dusty. Then see how the fans treat you. They got to be very, very, very careful about what they do with Cody Rhodes. So far, so good. I'm glad that they started this shit eight and a half weeks instead of six weeks. They started it tonight. Couldn't do it any better than Paul Heyman. I'm glad that they started it tonight. I'm glad that they opened the door potentially to have it move on from Dusty to Cody. There is eight weeks. I'm not going to judge the storyline based on one week. I'm just giving you my observations and what should not happen. I'm glad that Cody isn't being booed. I was a little nervous when he mentioned Sami Zayn tonight. I don't think Cody Rhodes should be mentioning Sami Zayn in any sense of the word because Sami right now is in the eyes of the fans as the guy, and Cody is literally right underneath Sami Zayn. But WWE, they are doing a very good job of keeping it about Cody Rhodes. And after the Elimination Chamber, it will be all about Cody Rhodes and Sami Zayn wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania will be a fucking afterthought. Because at the end of the Elimination Chamber, it's going to be about Sami Zayn and Jay Uso and Kevin Owens with Jimmy Uso. They're going to wrestle for the Tag Team Championships. That heat from Roman and Sami and what you want is going to transfer to the Usos if things are done correctly. And then WWE can focus on everything that they need to with Cody and Roman. It's going to be great. This is going to be a historic WrestleMania. Sami Zayn is not winning the WWE Championship. Cody Rhodes is the guy. If they want him to beat Roman at WrestleMania, which, I mean, Roman has been unbeatable. He's got that John Cena effect to him. Every time John Cena went into Sa- oh, John Cena's going to win. When Roman loses, it's going to be a historic moment. Because we haven't seen a reign like this in forever. And I hope, that, uh, I hope to God that they do the right thing. I really do. I just want this to go off and really be about Cody and not about Dusty. Dusty's not wrestling Roman for the WWE Universal Championship. It's Cody Rhodes wrestling Roman Reigns for the undisputed fucking championship. Paul Heyman set the table, hopefully to make this personal about Cody and what he needs to do, what he needs to fucking find in his inner self to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That's all I'm concerned with. If you don't like my opinion, if you don't like my stance, so be it. This is what I see. This is what I interpret while watching Monday Night Raw. I don't want the same story over and over again. I don't want the story to be about his family. He's the one wrestling, not Dusty. And if they, can, if they continue to linger on with this narrative, it's not going to be that interesting or as interesting as it should be. We're going to get into what we need to get into tonight. I appreciate you guys joining me right here on the podcast. Love it. You guys are going crazy in the chat. Who are you benching? 
I'm wrong, JD, says Corey Dreiger. How the fuck am I wrong when it's right in front of your face? How am I wrong when it's my opinion? My opinion can't be wrong. You want to start a show and you want to go spew your narrative, you go start your own fucking podcast. Give me a break. Old school gamer, get him out. Get this guy out. Rage ban him, get him out. Not taking any shit tonight, man. We're here to have a good time. We're here to have a good time. We're going to go over the rest of Monday Night Raw. I want to thank you guys for all of the love today, man. Seriously, you guys uh, really made this guy feel special. So many birthday messages today. You guys are crazy. Sometimes I don't know what to do, man. You know, my inner circle of friends has dwindled year over year over year, man. You know, there's people that I've lost contact with and I don't really speak to anymore for whatever reason, distance, or we just kind of drifted apart. You know, my inner circle of friends is very, very small. So, you know, I, I wake up on my birthday and I'm not really making it a big deal. It's just another day. I woke up and I went to the gym today. I got home. I had dinner. Watched Monday Night Raw. And now I'm here. But you guys really made it special, man. You guys show me that there are several people out there that care. And without you guys, I genuinely don't know where I'd be. I don't. So I owe you more than you owe me. Believe me. Follow me on social media, man. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go check out all the other content on the channel. We were live last night for episode 463. If you missed it, go check it out. Lots of great discussion there. We were live on Friday for SmackDown. We were live on Wednesday for Dynamite. We were live on Tuesday with OTS. We were live on Monday for Raw. Go check all that shit out. Last seven days got plenty of content, including tons of YouTube shorts, which I'm actually having fun editing. A little time consuming, but I'm actually having fun and learning how to actually use Adobe Premiere. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. 615 likes. We got 2,400 plus in the venue, man. There should be no reason at all why we aren't at 1,000 likes minimum. Super chats are open. Get them on in. I see you guys are having fun with the super chats, man. And also, tonight's show sponsored by Magic Spoon. You guys are going to say $5 off. By using the link in the description or using code SCRIPT at checkout to save $5 off Magic Spoon, magicspoon.com. Go get your cereal today. And start eating right, please. It's very important.
There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to shout out a couple of people here, man, before we get into the post-show. Guys are crazy. Cam G, MGM Bolin, Eric Newton, thank you for the $100 bombs. You guys are fucking incredible, man. Absolutely incredible, and I appreciate you guys very much for showing up. I'm making this guy feel special on his birthday, man. I appreciate you guys very, very much. Super Chats, we will hang out at the end of the show. Let's get into Monday Night Raw, huh? Enough of me blabbing. Monday Night Raw. Let's get into it. We start off with Edge and Beth Phoenix. Edge is back on Monday night. And Edge should be, should be, A major priority going into WrestleMania. I do think that we are headed towards a Hell in a Cell match with Finn Balor at WrestleMania. He comes out. Obviously, his theme music is uh, one of the best bands on the planet, Alter Bridge. Got this fine little hoodie at that Long Island show. Awesome show. Edge comes out, and he's talking about the Judgment Day. Edge was out of breath. He was back in front of a live audience in Orlando. And he said, listen, listen, Judgment Day is my fault. He said the idea was to elevate talent. He thought truly deserved it. He wanted to elevate Rhea Ripley. He wanted to elevate Damian Priest. He wanted to do good. He touted Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, and Damian Priest individually. He said the idea to elevate talent worked. He said everyone in the Judgment Day is better off than they were a year ago. And they are. And they are. I give mega props to Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Finn Balor for basically taking this gimmick and making it their own. And I appreciate Dominic Mysterio and what he's done to really play into this new role of his and use this current gimmick of his to get legitimate heel heat. It's not cringy. It's not, you know, corny. It's entertaining. And if you asked me a year ago, what do I think of Dominic Mysterio? Guy's green as fucking grass. Don't really care about him at all. If he went missing, I wouldn't even notice. You know, Dominic Mysterio is just as big of a part of Judgment Day than anything else. And it's a great thing to see. Edge is out there with Beth Phoenix. And yes, Beth Phoenix 
did look fantastic tonight. Most everyone passed on applauding on the Judgment Day because Edge said, listen, you guys can applaud the Judgment Day. But nobody really listened to Edge because they're the heels in this and they want to see him. He touted Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley and Damian Priest individually. When he mentioned Rhea Ripley's Royal Rumble win, he pointed at the WrestleMania sign and drew attention to doing it deliberately and called it the mandatory point. I guess when Vince left creative, the narrative of, oh, they got a point at the WrestleMania sign, son. Don't let them go a show without pointing. So I guess Triple H had to honor Vince McMahon's one last dying wish. Point at the WrestleMania sign. He said, Dominic Mysterio is there too. He said, when Phoenix was getting beat down, his wife, he felt helpless and he isn't the man who used to feel that. He said, they made a bad problem even worse because he is a vindictive, cruel bastard who will sink to any level to get his pound of flesh. So Beth Phoenix is there. She cut in and began to challenge Rhea Ripley, and she was interrupted by the Judgment Day. Balor said it might be time for Edge to say I quit. He laughed. Dominic says they might have heard this because word on the street travels fast. He said since they were last around, he served hard time. He told them to run along before he does something to them that he learned on the inside. He says he did it to his deadbeat dad, and he didn't even make it to the Royal Rumble match. Fans are chanting, you suck, you suck, at Dominic Mysterio. Damian Priest then takes the microphone, talked about his plans to beat Angelo Dawkins and earn his slot in the elimination chamber. He cut himself off and told Balor that Edge has him so flustered, he can't even speak now. This was a little, this is a little, uh, a little... Tough for Damian Priest in this moment. He was kind of botching his promo a little bit, but he kind of corrected himself. And, you know, I didn't really want to make a big deal about it like people did on social media. Damian Priest is usually a very good promo, and he was stumbling over his words a little bit. Nothing that big of a deal. So he corrected himself, and he said he will go to the Elimination Chamber and become the United States champion once again. He said he wished Rhea Ripley was there, but she's traveling the world promoting WrestleMania. Edge then chimes in and tells him to shut up. Edge says they don't know what they want. He accused Priest of once saying he didn't want a leader, but now he's following Balor around like a giant labradoodle. So he's following Priest around, or Balor around this Priest, like like a little dog. Pero. Pero Peligroso. He said he and Phoenix have each other's back, but they drop each other faster than ex-con Dom dropped his drawers in the clink. He said it makes sense, given how many times he screwed his dad over. He says he can't wait until Ray snaps and 619s his teeth down his throat. Beth Phoenix said the real reason why Rhea Ripley is not there is because she speared her soul out of her body last week. She challenged Balor and Ripley to face them at the Elimination Chamber, Balor said they accept, but Edge and Beth Phoenix still have to make it to the chamber. They walked to the ring, circled around Edge and Phoenix who were in the ring, and the Street Profits ran out to even the odds. Edge then speared Balor, Ford threw Dominic into the ring, and Phoenix gave him a very good-looking glam slam. 
Oh, my goodness. It never fails, man. My brother, Osequi, with a $500 super chat. And I mean super chat. Holy shit. Happy birthday, brother. Much love and blessings to you. I pray year 41 is better than all the years before. Have a great night out on me. Holy shit, man. I tell you what, man. There's only a couple of people in the OTS venue that really leave me speechless. Ozequi is number one. Well, I got my boy Daryl who donated fucking 500 bomb last night on the podcast. You guys are fucking incredible, man. Holy shit. Ozequi, thank you so much, brother. I hope you and your family and your career, bro, is fucking taking off and everything is great where you are, man. Thank you so very much for all your love and all of your support, man. That is incredible. You guys are fucking incredible. I love you guys. Thank you very much for being here tonight. I did not like this open. This is very basic stuff. There's nothing new here. Um, You know, you could see that WWE is really treading their tires with this Judgment Day, Edge, and Beth Phoenix storyline. I don't know where it ends. It's certainly not ending at the Elimination Chamber. Unless they have, like, mega plans for Edge that are going to be built up in the next six weeks. I mean, it should end with Balor, and it should end with Edge inside a Hell in a Cell. That, that's, my, that's my take on that. Beth Phoenix, you know, I feel like she should get some sort of revenge on Rhea Ripley, but how much revenge can she get on Rhea Ripley when Rhea Ripley is the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship? Can't really make her look all that bad if she's going into WrestleMania as the top challenger for Charlotte Flair. So they'll probably do this, and we'll do whatever they got to do here, and we'll get this match done at the Elimination Chamber. You know, they'll have their little moment in the ring, and... They'll go at it, and then Edge and Balor will take this from the chamber into WrestleMania and into Hell in a Cell. But this was basic paint-by-the-number stuff. There's nothing new here. We've heard this all before. We've seen this all before. We're just waiting for a payoff, and it seems like it's a ridiculous length of time. We're waiting for a payoff that happened in October. But WWE couldn't really do anything about it because Edge was filming a TV show For Disney Plus. So now they're trying to pick up the pieces and lead this into WrestleMania. And right now, I just feel like it's just turning and the wheels are turning and nothing is really going anywhere. And Edge is great. Everybody loves Edge. I love Edge. Balor and all of Judgment Day has been fantastic. But I'm I'm honestly well beyond my expiration point with this. I'm ready for this to be over. I'm ready for the Judgment Day to feud with somebody else. I'm ready for Edge to move on to something else if he still wants to continue to do this. I'm ready to move on. Seriously, big time. Now, I thought coming out of last week that Cody Rhodes was actually going to fight alongside Edge so that they give him something to do going into the Elimination Chamber. It looks like Cody Rhodes will not be a part of this, and last week was a one-off deal, and Cody Rhodes is not going to be a part of this Judgment Day storyline for now. I don't know what Cody Rhodes does at the Elimination Chamber. Maybe he doesn't even make it to the Elimination Chamber. Why does he need to be there? 
Why put him in something just for the sake of putting him in something? We got two weeks. Let him sit home. Let him rest. Let him do what he's got to do. Keep him chilled. And then we come back after the chamber. We got six weeks. Then you can really pick up Cody and Roman going into WrestleMania. But I thought that was a possibility coming out of last week's show. It looks like that really isn't in the cards right now. And we're getting this mixed tag team match at the Elimination Chamber, which I do feel will lead to Edge and Balor one-on-one. End it all at WrestleMania. And then we can start fresh for both parties. But I didn't really like this opening. I thought it was very, like I said, dry and paint-by-the-numbers stuff for WWE, especially for Edge. We've seen Edge do so much better. Nothing really jumping off the screen here as far as this promo towards Judgment Day from Edge and Beth Phoenix. Damian Priest and Angelo Dawkins. So all this scuffle on... Raw, in the opening segment, led to this opening match with Damian Priest and Angelo Dawkins in a qualifying match for the Elimination Chamber. Now, we got Seth Rollins in there. We got Austin Theory defending the United States Championship. Bronson Reed is in there. And Seth Rollins is going to be in the Elimination Chamber. Johnny Gargano, I think, is the favorite to win it, in my honest opinion. Bronson Reed is another guy. I'll talk about him in a second. But the men's chamber, I don't have a problem this year with the men's chamber. Because Roman's holding both championships. And Rhea Ripley won the Royal Rumble. So we're going to move on Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair to WrestleMania. So the women need a championship match coming out of Monday Night Raw. And then the Elimination Chamber this year is going to be contested for the United States Championship. I don't have a problem with that. I would have liked it to see the I would have liked to see the Intercontinental Championship there instead of the United States title, but I'm not going to complain because the the amount of talent that's in this match for the United States Championship is great talent. So I have no problem with that at all. Angelo Dawkins has come a long way, man. He's come a long way. And he's worked his ass off to really prove to everybody that he isn't the Marty Jannetty of the Shree Profits. Nobody wants to be the Jannetty of their team, okay? He had a great match. I thought this was the best match of the entire night, in my honest opinion. Even more so than Becky Lynch and Bailey. This was the best in-ring match of the entire night. And I thought this match really personified to me what it means to go and want to be a part of something. That's what I like. I love a match when there's stakes on the line. I love a match when there's something for both guys to fight for. And they showed it tonight. Competitive, hungry. And they both went in there and did what they had to do. Big fan of Damian Priest. I think he's awesome. And Angelo Dawkins is really showing you that Montez Ford isn't the only talented guy in the Street Profits, because I knew a lot of people, including me, kind of wrote Angelo Dawkins off, but he's gotten himself right. He's gotten himself in great shape. And he's going to be, I think he's going to be fine if they do want to end up splitting the Street Profits, which I don't think is the right move right now. But, I mean, they've done everything. What else could you do? I mean, I'd love to see WWE really resuscitate their tag team division and do right by it. I don't think they have a solid division on Monday night individually. I don't think they have a solid division individually on SmackDown. I think they have a fantastic division if you want to merge all these teams and these divisions together. That's what I think. 
And if that's the case, I don't know why you're breaking up the Street Profits. Because there's a lot of teams there that they have not gone up against yet. But that's just the pipe dream. I've been saying that since 2016. I don't think that's ever going to happen. My cap is still on that fucking hill, man. Merge the divisions. But if we want to split the Street Profits, I think Angelo Dawkins will be just fine. Very good match here. Dawkins knocked Priest into and over the announced desk in the beginning of the match. So they go back in the ring. Priest started punching Dawkins out of midair. And Priest took control at ringside. Clothesline Dawkins. Dawkins was in control after a small commercial break. After both hit each other at mid-ring with clotheslines, double down. Dawkins landed an exploder suplex. Priest recovered as Dawkins slowly climbed to the top rope. Priest kicked Dawkins and hit a flatliner for a two-count. Dawkins came back with a beautiful-looking silencer for a near fall. Dawkins climbed back up top and landed a swanton bomb for a near fall. Little back and forth in the middle of the ring. Priest landed a spinning kick. And then he applies the South of Heaven choke slam for the one, two, three. They go about 13 minutes, and Damien Priest earned a spot in the Elimination Chamber match to wrestle for the United States Championship. I don't know who's going to walk out of the Elimination Chamber as the United States Champion. I, I said this on the podcast last night. Montez Ford was the other guy, as you guys know. Uh, Montez Ford qualified over Elias, who's basically dead to rights on this show. I mean, he is as ice cold as anybody I've ever seen. So we got Montez, Damian Priest, Seth Rollins, Bronson Reed, Johnny Gargano, and Austin Theory. Seth Rollins is not winning the United States Championship. I know some people were like, oh, let's give it to Seth Rollins. Maybe Logan Paul can win his first WWE championship with the United States Championship. So you're asking Seth Rollins to win the title, hold it for six weeks, and then drop it to Logan Paul and have Seth Rollins lose yet another mega match at a big-time event. No. Now, one of my priorities at this year's WrestleMania is giving Seth Rollins a unanimous victory heading into the Monday Night Raw after Mania where he is going to be a priority moving forward when the championships are hopefully split from Roman Reigns. And we get the WWE title back on Monday night. Seth Rollins is well beyond the United States Championship. That is not the right outcome. And Logan Paul beating Seth Rollins is a terrible idea. Does Austin Theory need to be the United States Champion going into his match with John Cena? No. No, he does not. Now, I could see it being a United States Championship match, but does he need it? No. This seems like it's being constructed to take the belt off of Austin Theory because the match with John Cena is leagues beyond anything that Austin Theory would need with the United States Championship. A win over John Cena is going to be the crowning achievement of this man's career. Why does he need the United States Championship? Could it be a United States Championship match? Sure. But where's the story in that? John Cena doesn't need the United States Championship. The story there with John Cena is chasing number 17. Hopefully that happens at some point before he retires. I don't know why John Cena versus Austin Theory for the United States Championship would appeal to anybody unless WWE is going to give the United States Championship to John Cena and we're going to get weeks and weeks and weeks of a new John Cena open challenge where he puts over young talent. 
But do we have him for that long? I don't know. I kind of want to see that, but at the same time, I don't. Austin Theory needs to beat John Cena at WrestleMania. Plain and simple. That's why this match is being made. Johnny Gargano, I could see Johnny Gargano doing the same thing that Gunther is doing with the Intercontinental Championship. Gunther's getting over by his work rate alone. He's not the most charismatic guy in the company. Look at how fucking incredible Gunther is. Johnny Gargano can do that same thing with the United States Championship. They just got to go back and harness that babyface Brian Danielson fucking Johnny Gargano-like character that we saw in NXT Black and Gold. And I threw it out there as a little layup. I don't know where Champa fits into WrestleMania plans, if he will be back or not. But Johnny Gargano winning the United States Championship and then starting a program with Tommaso Ciampa going into WrestleMania and getting those two guys in a match on the WrestleMania card, I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. Ever. The four matches that they had in NXT are some of the greatest matches that you will see in this company's history. So Johnny Gargano is definitely a wild card in that United States Championship Elimination Chamber as well. Damian Priest is not winning the title. Montez Ford is not winning his first title yet. As soon as Montez Ford starts to kind of break away from Angelo Dawkins, then we can start Montez Ford on, oh, maybe he wins a title. But I honestly think if you want Montez Ford to start anywhere, it would be a United States championship, but not right now. Not right now. He's going to factor, if they want to push him as a singles guy, he's going to be a dark horse here. He's going to be that dark horse guy in this match where he's going to tease it, and he's not going to ultimately win the title. I could see Montez Ford potentially winning money in the bank if you want to go that route. If he is the guy, if he's going to be destined to be the breakout guy that they want going into the next year, I could see him winning money in the bank. But I have me, personally, with L.A. Knight penciled in to win money in the bank. That's my money in the bank winner. At this juncture so far, L.A. Knight's my money in the bank briefcase holder this year. But Montez Ford's also a possibility. Now, the guy that I think could win the United States Championship is Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed has not done much of anything in WWE yet. He's had a couple squash matches. He beat Dolph Ziggler to even get to the chamber. Bronson Reed is a very, very tricky situation. Because WWE clearly wants to build him up as a monster. They want to build him up as an unstoppable force. He's only had three matches or so on WWE television since being brought back. So why would you put him in the chamber to ultimately have him pinned? He, He either wins or loses the chamber. And with their direction of Bronson Reed, I don't really want to see him take a pinfall loss in the elimination chamber because that's the only way he's going to have to get eliminated by pinfall. I don't want to see that happen to Bronson Reed so early in his run. If there's one guy that needs to be made to look strong, it's Bronson Reed. So to me right now, out of the field of six that we have, Bronson Reed may be the odds-on favorite here. And who does he defend that title against at WrestleMania if that is the direction? I don't know. Maybe a Johnny Gargano. Maybe. They've wrestled once before in NXT. So why not? We'll see what happens with that. But the Elimination Chamber United States title match is a very, very interesting situation. Austin Theory, they showed him arriving in the arena in a black, what was that, a Lamborghini? 
don't know what he was driving, but beautiful car. They showed him entering the, entering the building, and he will be on the show later as a guest commentator for one of the chamber matches, the Montez Ford Elias match later on in the show. Adam Pierce, he was backstage and he was with the maximum male models. Apparently, they are now being moved to Monday Night Raw. Maximum male models are now a part of the Monday Night Raw brand. I don't really have any feelings about this. I don't really care about the gimmick. I don't care about the faction. I don't care about what they're doing on Monday Night Raw. I know they teased recruiting Otis into the maximum male models, which reeks of Vince McMahon. This storyline reeks of Vince McMahon and Bruce Bredger. I don't care. I don't know why you would take Otis away from Chad Gable unless you want to give Chad Gable a solo run on Monday night. So I don't really care either way where they fucking move. Maximum male models are added to Monday Night Raw. All of a sudden, Chelsea Green, she approached Adam Pearce and complained about her accommodations this week, having received the wrong kind of chocolate. She received some other chocolate. She asked for Belgian chocolate. When she complained about not being in the chamber, Adam Pearce says, why would I put you in the chamber? You didn't even last five seconds in the Royal Rumble. It's a solid bounce back there from Adam Pearce. That was the right answer. She said she could contact his boss. She said she has family in in, in attendance tonight in Orlando, and she'd like an opportunity to wrestle. She said she wanted to be presented as the big star that she is. She said if it doesn't happen, all she needs to do is make one call and have him fired. I thought the way WWE handled Chelsea Green in the Royal Rumble was pathetic and ridiculous. Clearly, it was to say, I mean, five seconds is fucking ridiculous. Legitimately. It wasn't even five seconds. One second. Whatever they did with her at the Royal Rumble was ridiculous. I don't think anybody should be, especially that, you know, put in a situation where they are dumped that quickly over the top rope. But I will say this. Whatever she's doing right now, I'm actually enjoying it. It fits her. She's playing it very well. You know, I want to see a little bit more in ring and I want to see what she actually can bring to the table instead of having her complain about everything. Right now, it's mostly character driven and character focused and we haven't really seen anything from her in the ring which I don't know why. It's like WWE is very hesitant on putting her in any in-ring action so far so that we can see what she's made of. I'm guessing WWE's logic is she's beautiful and she's doing this this Karen-like gimmick and she's playing it very well. Let's try and get it over first before we kind of get everything else to fall in line. But I'm enjoying what I'm seeing out of Chelsea Green so far. And it's something that I honestly think the fans are going to take a liking to and she's going to get genuine heel heat from what she's doing. So I'm ready to give it a chance. I didn't understand it at first. I was looking for the hot mess, Chelsea Green, but this is working for me. But I need to see a little bit more in ring and kind of get it even with what they're trying to focus on as far as her character is concerned. Baron Corbin. 
He went one-on-one with Dexter Loomis. And this was, hopefully, the end of this terrible Baron Corbin gimmick. Because what happened after this match may have been the second greatest thing in the entire run of Baron Corbin on the WWE main roster. Dexter Loomis wins in three minutes. Dexter Loomis is awesome. I really think that they need to do something different with Dexter Loomis. The babyface Dexter Loomis to me is not working. It might have worked when he was in the way with Johnny Gargano and he was able to be free and be a little bit more out there with Indy Hartwell on NXT. But I don't feel like it's working here on the main roster. And I want them to go back to their roots with Dexter Loomis. I do. I want them to go back to the very beginning where Dexter Loomis was this creepy, psychopathic serial killer. That's what he needs to do. Other than that, I don't know where we're going with this Dexter Loomis baby face on Monday night. So Loomis wins in three minutes. And he landed his running bulldog. Back suplex. He did a leaping leg drop after a, a nice-looking kip-up. Corbin elbowed out of another setup move that Dexter Loomis was trying to, to do to Corbin. Loomis avoided a charging Dexter, and then he hit his one-arm slam for a clean win. So they cut to JBL, who was on the outside. He, was looked, he looked very unhappy with Baron Corbin's performance here. And Gargano entered the ring and started showing some support for his buddy, Dexter Loomis. So, at the end of this, it was all about the look that JBL gave Baron Corbin. So, what they did here as a follow-up is Baron Corbin is hopefully moving on from the JBL alliance. Later on in the show, Corbin approached JBL and asked if he wanted to go out for drinks. JBL says he isn't going anywhere with him because he's a former WrestleMania main eventer. And the fact that Corbin is losing and everyone is changing channels when he enters the ring is not what he wants to be a part of. Sounds like they've been listening to my podcast a little bit too often. JBL might be a closet OTS fan. Or maybe they're just stealing my dialogue like they do everything else. JBL legitimately said that Baron Corbin has channel-changing heat. No shit. We've been saying this shit for months. They're just now figuring it out? I find that very hard to believe. He says he doesn't give a damn about Baron Corbin, but he does care that JBL's legacy is taking a hit because of him. JBL said he's a clown, and he doesn't belong near him. A wrestling god? No, more like a clown. Corbin didn't understand what was going on and pleaded with him that he tried to do better. JBL said, you can't polish a turd. I tried. Now, while this was happening, in the distance, MVP was shaking hands with Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, another clear indication that the Hurt Business is getting back together. Baron Corbin is being split from JBL, and this is the best possible move for Baron Corbin that I've seen in years. This gimmick sucks. Baron Corbin is not that bad of a wrestler. He's not. 
The pairing with JBL was as fake and unnatural as anything WWE's ever done. It didn't work. Calling JBL uh, a modern-day wrestling god worked back in the day. Calling Baron Corbin a modern-day wrestling god with this roster? No. I'm sorry. The amount of heat that JBL got was fucking absolutely volcanic, and it worked. Baron Corbin is nowhere in the same league as far as getting heat as JBL. This is the second greatest thing that's ever happened in Baron Corbin's career. The first thing is him giving Becky Lynch the end of days. That was the, that was the greatest achievement in Baron Corbin's career, if you guys remember that. It was Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans against Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. I believe that happened at an Extreme Rules pay-per-view. That was back after uh, Becky Lynch, I believe, won the world championship from Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair. Four years ago. The greatest achievement in his career is end of days to Becky Lynch. I'd love to see that again, actually. I hope to God that this is a complete redo of Baron Corbin. Now, I don't know if it's going to work because I, I think there's been so much damage done to Baron Corbin. But I think a lot of people, including me, have been saying, let's get Baron Corbin back to the lone wolf character. 2019. Yes, five years ago. I was close. Five years ago. That end of days to Becky Lynch. Awesome. Baron Corbin needs to go back to the lone wolf. We need that type of gimmick back. We need that type of attitude. You know, hopefully this snaps some sense into him and he wants to cling on to people and cling on to JBL and cling on to Madcap. Everybody's left him. Everybody's left him. So now we're going to get Lone Wolf Baron Corbin, and that was the best Baron Corbin. It's going to be a little difficult seeing Baron Corbin as the Lone Wolf without hair, but that's where we need to go. Are the fans going to jump on board with it? Are fans going to start supporting Baron Corbin? I don't know. But Baron Corbin has been so cold for so long that I don't know if anything will work at this point. But stop with these pairings and stop putting him with these fucking ridiculous gimmicks. Go back to what worked. That worked. He killed that time in his career. Let's try and do that again. Hopefully that's where they're going. Moving on. Byron Saxon interviewed Becky Lynch backstage and asked what tonight meant to her. Becky said it all began 10 years ago in Orlando when she got off the plane to begin her WWE adventure. She said she met Saxton back then and also Bailey. She said Bailey high-fived people and hugged people and attached herself to whomever she thought could help her get to the top. Is that what Bailey did, huh? Shocking. I thought she might have been talking about Charlotte. I don't think that Bailey did that back in NXT. She said she wanted to be great too, but she smashed faces. She said Bailey isn't happy with her success, so she attacked her and went off after her shoulder and brought her family into it. She said she'll teach Bailey not to bring her family into their business. She said Bailey can bring her little friends and her little tricks, and there's one hand she hasn't played, and she thinks she might. Do it tonight. So, 
I'm not liking the direction of Bailey and Becky with Seth Rollins involved. I'm not. I think it's low budget, and I think it's kind of degrading for Triple H. It's actually beneath Triple H to tell these types of stories. Like, why are we including Seth Rollins in this? Seth Rollins has nothing to do with this outside of his his marriage to Becky Lynch. Why, why is Bailey going after a married man? Sounds like a Bruce Pritchard thing. It's like Bruce Pritchard whispered into Vince's ear, Vince, we got to get, we got to get Becky and Bailey in a storyline and they fight over Becky's husband. I don't understand why anybody would catch interest in this. It's not entertaining. There's got to be more to that than Seth Rollins. Don't even know why he got brought into the storyline at all. But here we are. This feud is dead. It's ice cold. I don't care about damage control. I think Bailey actually is, in my honest opinion, I think damage control is bringing Bailey down. I do. I don't think Bailey needs a faction. I think Bailey, Bailey was great on her own. Well, Bailey was a heel on her own, she lit the women's division on fire. She doesn't need anybody. This damage control shit is fucking dead. EO is great. Dakota is great. Why do we need damage control? It's like damage control was put together to make everybody else look good, and they were put together to look like shit. So we got this steel cage match tonight. I didn't know where they were going to go with this. I don't know where they fit into WrestleMania plans. We'll talk about it a little bit later. But I can't imagine Becky Lynch is going into WrestleMania and not going to be a part of the Women's Championship match. How they weasel themselves into that, I don't know. Because neither Becky or Bailey are in the Elimination Chamber. One woman is going to win the Elimination Chamber, and one woman should win it, and that woman is Asuka. One woman should go after the World Championship, and that is Asuka. Not Becky, and not Bailey, and certainly not Alexa Bliss. But somehow I just feel WWE is going to add these two ladies because they have nothing else to do, into the Raw Women's Championship match to make it a fatal four-way. And how do you do that at that point when Bailey is nothing but a walking L remains to be seen? Brock Lesnar. I didn't even expect Brock Lesnar to be here tonight, but here he is. He's out there dressed as country boy, cowboy. Brock Lesnar talked about how much he does not like Bobby Lashley, who he continuously called Bobby who? Bobby who? Bobby Lashley. Bobby who eliminated him from the Royal Rumble. He says his mind is always on Bobby Lashley. Eating a steak. His mind is always on Bobby Lashley. He's in bed with his wife. And then he paused. And he smiled and then said, after about four or five hours of sex with his wife, I then go back to thinking about Bobby Lashley. Quite the man is Brock Lesnar. He pulled out a contract out of his $5 jean vest. And I do believe that's a shoot, folks. I I do not see Brock Lesnar wearing designer vests. He probably bought it at 
Where do you go shopping for $5 vests? Kohl's? Who knows? Who the fuck knows what they got in Saskatchewan? I don't know. $5 vest. Pulls out a contract. Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar is made official for the Elimination Chamber. He told Lashley to come to the ring and sign it. So Bobby Lashley comes out. Bobby Lashley is not looking like he dressed from the fucking men's department in Coles, I'll tell you that. He's out there looking fucking sharp, is Bobby Lashley. Lashley said when he faced Lesnar for the first time, he pinned Lesnar. He said in their second match, Lesnar won, but I laid your ass out unconscious. He said at the Rumble, the third time they faced off, he threw his ass over the top rope without any problem. He said things will be done on his terms. I'm going to take this contract. I'm going to let my agent and my manager and my lawyer look it over. And then I'll get back to you. So Lashley stepped towards Lesnar and asked if he was surprised that he has one up on him. And he pushed his finger into Lesnar's nose. Lesnar flicked him away. And then Lashley turned to leave. Lesnar then spun him around and gave him an F5. Crowd is chanting one more time, one more time. And Lesnar gave him a second F5. He takes the contract and he puts the contract on Lashley's chest. I don't know what he's going to be looking over, but we're getting this third and hopefully final match at the Elimination Chamber. I'm not interested in a third match. I'm not. I wasn't interested in it at the Chamber. I wasn't interested in it at WrestleMania. I'm not interested in the third match. Do you want to know why? Because the people of the IWC, the fucking brain-dead geeks of the IWC, they are easily entertained by anything. They find good in everything and are afraid to say anything just flat-out sucks. This promo was not really all that entertaining by Brock Lesnar outside the fucking fact that he thinks about Bobby Lashley while he's having sex with his wife, which is a a very Brock Lesnar thing to say. But I'm not really clamoring for another match. Do you want to know why? Because the first match sucked between Lesnar and Lashley. The second match sucked Worse than the first one between Lesnar and Lashley. And you know what? The third one more than likely will suck because Brock doesn't wrestle past five minutes. Brock does not go five minutes with anybody. He goes five hours with his wife, but he doesn't want to go five minutes in a pro wrestling ring. I don't care. Now, the last rumor that I heard about Brock Lesnar is that his WrestleMania opponent is heavily guarded. It is being secret. Held as a secret within WWE management. I don't know what the fuck that means, but I don't know why they would hold a Lesnar and Lashley match in secret if this was the match at WrestleMania. This is the third and final and hopefully blow-off for this feud. I don't know what Lesnar does at WrestleMania. I don't know what Lashley does at WrestleMania. Lesnar's not wrestling Gunther at WrestleMania. I don't know what they do with Lesnar at WrestleMania. Lashley, who knows? Who knows? But match one sucked. Match two sucked. And match three will suck. 
I'm not interested. Don't care. After one letdown, I'm tired of seeing letdown after letdown after letdown. Backstage, Johnny Gargano and Dexter Loomis approached Candice LeRae about her big match later to hopefully get into the Elimination Chamber. Dexter drew her a picture of Gargano, LeRae, their baby, their dog, and Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross was in the background of this picture. LeRae noticed and asked about it. Nikki was then shown lurking behind them live in the background, giggling and laughing. And then LeRae noticed, and Nikki ran away laughing maniacally. Looks like Nikki Cross and Dexter Loomis may end up together. That's what it looks like to me. And I have no problem with that. I think that would be a fantastic pairing. Heal Dexter Loomis? I think that's the way to go. I think that's the right direction for Dexter Loomis. Women's Fatal 4-Way, Piper Niven, Candice LeRae, Meechin, Mia Yim, and a returning Carmella. Carmella is back. And she wins this Fatal 4-Way in 10 minutes to advance to the Elimination Chamber match. About 10 minutes this match went, Niven was the odds-on favorite here. I I don't know why Piper Niven was not added to the Elimination Chamber. I think she probably would have fit better than all of these women combined, but I guess they wanted to give Carmella a victorious outcome here, just seeing the story that she had to go through to come back to WWE. So I don't really mind knowing Carmella's backstory here and the reason why she was gone for so long. Piper Niven pancaked Meechin and LeRae, and Carmella with a crossbody. Mia Yim gave Carmella an eat defeat, but Piper Niven broke up the cover because that would have been it. LeRae gave Niven a moonsault, but Mia Yim broke up the cover. Piper then gave Mia Yim a spinning side slam, but LeRae broke that cover up, so we're doing big moves and breaking up covers here. LeRae avoided a Piper Niven senton and hit one of her own. Carmella surprised everybody uh, or tried a surprise schoolboy on LeRae, but she kicked out. Carmella then gave LeRae a Bronco Buster, and Niven gave LeRae a cannonball. Carmella super kicked Niven out of the ring and stacked up LeRae after she got hit by the cannonball by the much larger Piper Niven. LeRae was finished after that. One, two, three, and Carmella steals a victory and qualifies for the elimination chamber. Corey Graves was happier than a pig in shit. That his wife is going to the Elimination Chamber. Good. Good for them. She's not winning the Elimination Chamber at all. I'm going with Asuka. As the odds-on favorite. After the match was over backstage, Piper Niven shoved LeRae into a wall and was pissed that LeRae cost her a chance at the title. Me and him separated them and told Niven to back off Niven, then gave them a warning never to get in her way of the Raw Women's Championship again. Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander, her business seemingly on their way to getting back together. Fun little tag team match here with Alpha Academy. Went about five minutes. I'm liking this team. They got big time over at the end of this match, and the crowd went crazy for their victory. 
They beat Alpha Academy here. There was a nice-looking spot where Alexander went for a neutralizer or a neuralizer, uh, but Chad Gable caught him and in one motion hit a German suplex mid-move. Nice. Otis tagged in, gave Benjamin the world's strongest slam. Otis worked over Benjamin for a little bit. Alexander tagged in, ran wild on Gable, but when he went for a dive, Gable caught him and suplexed him on the outside. Gable, back in the ring. Goes up top, followed up with a diving headbutt. But Benjamin broke up the cover. Benjamin hit Otis with knee strikes before hitting a very impressive-looking Samoan drop. Alexander dodged Gable's moonsault attempt and got to his feet. Lumbar check by Cedric Alexander for the one, two, three. Five minutes, man. Not enough. I would have wanted to see these guys go at least double that. But five minutes nonetheless. Fun. And the reunion with MVP is on its way. Now we just need to add Bobby Who to the fold, and the Hurt Business is officially back together. Maybe we see them, maybe we see them in the Brock Lesnar match at the Elimination Chamber, and maybe Lashley versus Lesnar takes place at WrestleMania inside a Hell in the Cell because the Hurt Business wanted to poke their nose in Brock Lesnar's business. We'll see. We will see. Kathy Kelly, in the back, interviewed Rick Boogs. Gotta love my boy, Boogenhagen. Kathy Kelly, actually it was the Miz first, and then Boogenhagen came out to interrupt the Miz's promo. Uh, Kathy Kelly interviewed Miz backstage, not Boogenhagen yet. Miz backstage and asks for his reaction to the return of Rick Boogs. He says he wants to be reimbursed for what Boogs did to the $10,000 suit his wife bought for him. Boogs then barged in from Adam Pierce's office, and Miz said he would have beat him easily if he was dressed and ready to compete. He said Boogs is ready. Pierce is lazy, incompetent. Then Adam Pierce walks out of his office. Pierce asks Miz from behind, Miz, why don't you tell me how you really feel? So Adam Pierce says, I can grant him that rematch with Boogs next week if you want to show me what you could do when you're ring ready. Boogs was happy about the news. He began working out very excitedly and walks off. Now, I'm a Rick Boogenhagen fan. I think Rick Boogs is fucking entertaining as shit, but... I don't know the current direct. Everybody seems to feud with The Miz. They get called up from NXT. Let's feud them with The Miz. They make a return. Let's feud them with The Miz. I don't think The Miz is entertaining television anymore. I don't. I think Miz is bottom of the barrel television. But there's got to be a starting point for everybody. As long as Miz is not in any top tier programs, I guess it's okay. But Rick Boogs is going to get his feet wet with The Miz on Monday night. And I guess... I should just feel happy that Rick Boogs is back on television in any sort of role. Said this last week, man. Rick Boogs looks like a fucking creative character out of the WWE 2K23 creation suite. We got to get some fucking emphasis on his ring gear. Seriously. I'd love for him to go back to the colorful fucking long pants that he had back when he was wrestling on NXT. He looked, he looked like he was his own guy. What is he? On the main roster. I- I'm still trying to figure that out. Like, who is Rick Boogs? The crazy guy who loves heavy metal. Great. Great. 
I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you right now, I just have a sneaking suspicion that they're going to end up teaming Elias and Rick Boogs together. You got the fucking acoustic guitar player and the electric guitar player, and they're going to fuse them into a tag team. Watch. I just have a fucking feeling it's that because Elias is dead. And Rick Boogs has more charisma than both of them could ever need. So I'm just waiting for it to happen. And when you see it, you know where you heard it. Chelsea Green. She made her ring entrance. She went one-on-one with Oscar. This match went two minutes. Not much to this at all. Oscar's got a new remix theme. I actually quite like it. I thought it was really, really good. Fits her new Kana crazy clown gimmick. Right as the match started, Oscar had her back turned to Chelsea Green. As she removed her jacket and was distracted by the other ladies who were out there because they need to sell the women's elimination chamber match. I don't know why, but here we are. Raquel Rodriguez is out there. Natalia is out there. Liv Morgan is out there. I don't know what all these ladies are doing out there. So Liv Morgan and Natalia were at ringside as well, like I said, joined by Nikki Cross, who crawled out from underneath the ring. All these ladies are in the Elimination Chamber match, Carmella as well. So Green took out Asuka, and she just starts becoming distracted by everybody on the outside. She's peering through the ropes, and she's turning her back on Asuka. Asuka obviously gets up. She looks like a fucking psycho killer with that makeup on. She looks fantastic. Those rapid-fire Asuka strikes. German suplex, kick to the head. Submission, which ended up looking like a Rings of Saturn. One, two, three, and Chelsea Green taps out to Asuka. After the match, Bianca Belair comes out and cuts a promo on everybody, told them to take a close look at each other. She said she sees six top-tier women in WWE, but she asked who has what it takes to win the chamber and face the EST at WrestleMania. She said last year she was in her position and she knows what it takes to win the chamber match. That's how I got this. And she pointed at the Raw Women's title. She wished them each good luck because whoever makes it out, she'll be ready to see them at WrestleMania. And then she smiled and gave the very, uh, very, very formulaic point to the sign that's hanging above the ring. Asuka needs to win that match. Asuka versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's Championship. That needs to be the match, and Asuka needs to win the Raw Women's Championship. This needs to be Asuka's redemption story. Asuka's been in the middle of the pack for so long. She has never been it. I think Asuka is incredibly over with the audience. I think fans love Asuka. I think they're taking to this new character very well, and I think Asuka should win the Raw Women's Championship. I think we are tired I don't want to say tired, but Bianca as a babyface to me has run its course. I think Bianca as champion has run its course. It is time to get other women involved. And Asuka should be at the top of that list. And I think Asuka should take the Raw Women's Championship from Bianca Belair. Hour three. Cody Rhodes. He makes his entrance. This is what a... This is exactly what we needed to see. Cody Rhodes in the ring talking about Roman. Eight weeks, better than six weeks. We need to hear from Cody. 
and what he's feeling about Roman at WrestleMania. So Cody asks, what do you want to talk about? Seemingly his new thing when he gets into the ring and cuts a promo. There seems to be some booing, not much. Very small, vocal minority booing Cody Rhodes. He was very much welcomed in Orlando. Cody said last week he used his interview time to talk to them about respect for his WrestleMania opponent, Roman Reigns. Fans start chanting, Sammy. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy. He said, you all read my mind. He said, Reigns is his current opponent. But Reigns is putting his titles on the line at the Elimination Chamber against a man who has kicked up all the dust and has all the momentum walking into his hometown of Montreal, Sammy Zayn. More Sammy Zayn chants. He said the fans seem like a perfect judge for his next question. He said it seems more like he'll be facing Sammy at WrestleMania and not Roman Reigns. He said he says that with the utmost respect. He said Sammy is his friend and he wishes him the best of luck. May the best man win. I don't know how good it was to mention Sammy Zayn in this promo. If there's one thing that Cody Rhodes should be doing, should be doing right now, it is avoid Sami Zayn and mentioning Sami Zayn at all costs. Because right now, it is still very fresh in the fans' mind that Sami Zayn is the guy. Like, they want Sami as the guy to beat Roman. I don't think it's a good business move to be mentioning Sami Zayn in promos when Cody Rhodes is out there. It's not a good look. It's a great way to fuck everything up by mentioning Sami Zayn. Now, after the Elimination Chamber plays its course, and we see the story play out with Jay Uso ruining Sami Zayn, and Sami Zayn and KO are now targeting the Usos, if you want to do Sami Zayn in a promo with Cody, and you want to do an endorsement from Cody to Sami after everything went down with the Usos, at the Elimination Chamber, that's a different story. But mentioning it now? I don't think that's going to be a good look for Cody. And you heard it. Sammy Chance, before he even got into anything with Paul Heyman, Sammy, Sammy, Sammy Chance, and there were some boos. A vocal minority, but boos nonetheless. You don't want to add on top of that. Paul Heyman interrupted. He did his introduction. He says he serves as the special counsel to Roman Reigns. Heyman entered the ring to more Sammy Chance. He asked Cody permission to enter the ring. He told Cody that he may one day find out his life, that being at the very top of the industry is the only week busier than the week leading into a major event. And he pointed to the sign, the WrestleMania sign, and drew attention to his pointing. Because everybody's got to... Make it's it's almost a fucking meme now. Now they're now they're pointing and also making fun of the fact that you got to point at the WrestleMania logo. So he said the bloodline has a lot going on this week after the Rumble, and some things fell through the cracks on the island of relevancy. He said he and the entire bloodline would like to congratulate Cody on his Rumble match win. He said he deserved it and shook his hand. Fans start chanting, "You deserve it," to Cody Rhodes. 
Cody said his father and his brother had a nickname for Paul Heyman, but he preferred to call him Mr. Heyman. He said he had an unparalleled respect for him, and I think you know why. So Cody wanted to pull back the curtain for everybody watching, and he tells a story about the Rhodes family and Paul Heyman back from the year 2000. He said it was hard times for his family at that time. He says they went broke and just had $100 in their checking account. He said his dad was doing local car commercials, not for the money, just so that he could keep the car. Fans started chanting, Dusty, Dusty. Cody says then he got a phone call from Paul Heyman. He said he told Dusty that ECW was in town and Steve Carino was going to talk a little smack about him. And if Dusty wanted to appear on ECW, he would pay him and pay him well. An ECW chant then broke out. Cody said Paul Heyman kept his word. Cody said in addition to the money they sorely needed, ECW gave Dusty his confidence back. He said he never repaid him for that, so he thanked Paul Heyman. Heyman looked like he wanted to cry. He was very moved by this Cody Rhodes family story. Cody then said, we turn the clocks a bit forward here. I know we don't talk about it, but before I was here, I was somewhere else causing a little bit of trouble from one disruptor in sports entertainment to another. You showed me the way. Thank you again. And Heyman wiped a tear from his eye. And fans started chanting, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul. Heyman says he is good. And he caught him off guard with those words. He got him. He says he came out there to schmooze. And he got him personally. He says if they're going to peel it back and shoot from the hip, let's go all the way with it. He said this isn't about him. He said, with all due respect and adulation, this isn't about your dad either. This is about you. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. And that's why I said in the beginning, in my opening to the podcast tonight, it needs to be about Cody and less about Dusty. Was this promo the open to that narrative? I hope so. This is about you. This isn't about your dad. It's about Cody. This is about everything you have fought for. He pointed at the WrestleMania sign and said it's about everything leading to WrestleMania. He said getting there is a long, long road, and that's Cody's story. He said it's his story to finish, to see if he can make his dream come true or suffer the nightmare of coming just this close. He says he's not trying to win He's trying to take it away from the greatest box office attraction, the greatest champion of all time, Roman Reigns. He said that's not any easy task for any mere mortal, especially someone who doesn't know what it's like under that spotlight. Again, it's about Cody. It's about Cody leaving the WWE seven years ago, asking for his release so that he can go prove to everybody that he, that he is a main event name. Wrestling on the indies. Wrestling at All In, starting All In, starting AEW with the Bucks, starting AEW with Tony Khan and Kenny Omega and the Elite. Doing what he needed to do away from WWE. Because WWE never looked at Cody Rhodes as a household name. WWE never looked at Cody Rhodes as a Roman Reigns type main event guy. Meanwhile, they were breeding 
Roman Reigns and guys like Roman Reigns out of the Performance Center. And Roman Reigns was the guy that they wanted you to know was the guy. Cody was never going to be that guy. Cody was never handpicked by Vince McMahon. Cody was never going to be picked to be a Roman Reigns by WWE. No matter what, if Cody remained in WWE and never went to AEW, he would be in the middle of the pack and you wouldn't be getting Cody Rhodes, this Cody Rhodes, on your television. Him asking for his release from the WWE is the greatest decision that he ever did for himself. Him going to the Indies was the greatest move he could have ever made. Him joining AEW was the greatest move he's ever made. Because this is what you're getting now. This is the final boss, Cody Rhodes. And it needs to be about Cody. That's the story. Not Dusty. Not anything else. Not anything family related. Dusty could be part of the story. Like He could do it for Dusty. But why does Cody want to make it all about Dusty? Dusty's not wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes is wrestling Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Why does he want to continue to live in the shadow of Dusty Rhodes? That's the part I don't get. I'm hoping that they are moving away from that with these key points that he made. This is not about your dad. This is about you. This is everything that you've fought for. You need to make this dream come true or... It's going to be a nightmare of just coming this close. You're not ready for this. You're not ready to be under that spotlight. You don't know what it's like to be under that spotlight. Heyman brought up that Dusty trained and prepped Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Bailey, KO, and the WWE Undisputed Champion, Roman Reigns. Right at the Performance Center. Few blocks up from where we are, the Performance Center. That's where your father trained all today's WWE superstars. Cody was moved by the list of people Paul Heyman credited with training and prepping that list of names. He said Dusty did not train or prep his son Cody, though, which seemed to sting. And this is this is really a selling point for this promo. Like this needed to be said. This is where Dusty comes into play. This is where I'd love to see Dusty mentioned because Dusty was a huge part of NXT. He was NXT. He trained everybody that you see on television now that came out of black and gold, but he never trained Cody. Never trained Cody. Never got Cody Rhodes ready for that spotlight. You know who he got ready for that fucking spotlight? Roman Reigns. So that is where Paul Heyman is going to really kind of take the knife and jam it into Cody's heart with what he says next. He said maybe his father wanted him to make it on his own without his help and not go through life as Dusty's son. He said maybe he wanted him to be the one who would stop Roman Reigns. Heyman says he cannot quantify in words how much love he had for Dusty. And he told Cody that his dad loved him so much. In his last conversation with his dad, he told him that he, Cody, was his favorite son. But Roman Reigns was the son he has always wanted. He dropped the mic, put his hands in his pockets, and Cody Rhodes moved towards Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman backed away into the corner and says he was just carrying the message from the tribal chief. Cody grabbed Heyman's hand for a handshake. Cody then said... He's trying to win a wrestling championship, and everyone wants to make it personal. 
He says, that's what he just did. But Heyman won't pay for it. Your boy Roman Reigns is going to pay for it at WrestleMania when I take those titles personally. This was fantastic. This was fantastic. WWE did everything that they needed to do to condition the fans that this is happening. They did everything that they needed to do tonight with this segment to move away from Sami Zayn. You're going to get your Sami Zayn conclusion with Roman Reigns at the Elimination Chamber. And then, like I said, we're going to turn that page. We're going to turn that bloodline page. And the Sami Zayn chapter that will happen going into WrestleMania will be Owens and Zayn versus the Usos. Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn is going to go away. That chapter will be gone and it will be completed. It will be written. Roman's chapter is going to be Cody. I was worried about WWE turning the fans on Cody. I was worried that the fans were not going to let this Sami Zayn narrative go. With promos like this and segments like this, it is very difficult to believe that the fans are going to continue to want Sami Zayn after this with Cody cutting promos like this with Paul Heyman. And Roman isn't even involved yet. Imagine when Roman gets involved. It's going to be on another level. WWE did what they needed to do here. And I hope to God that we're moving in that direction. I cannot take the dusty narrative anymore. Boo-hoo-hoo, get me a Kleenex. Boo-hoo-hoo, cry about Dusty. Dusty this, Dusty that. Dusty's going to win the championship. Blah, 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 blah. It's not about Dusty. It's about Cody. I don't want to hear about his father. I I want to hear about his father in the context that Paul Heyman put it. But I don't want to hear Cody do it for his father. He wants to do it for his father. It's about family and all this other shit. It's got to be about Cody. And some of the key lines in this promo, I hope that they're moving closer to that story instead of Cody's got to do it for Dusty. Seven years is a long time to be away. Seven years is a long time. Cody has been back for three months. He was out more than double that with a torn pec injury. Sami Zayn got hot in that time. Taking Cody out of WrestleMania last year and having him beat Rollins one after another after another. Having him go away for seven, eight months. Having him to come back and win the Royal Rumble at the number 30 position. Outlasting six men, including one guy who went an hour and 12 minutes. It's not enough. You may think it's enough because you're not applying logic. You're not applying thought. Cody going away for seven months to come back and win the Royal Rumble to challenge Roman Reigns and beat Roman Reigns is not enough. You need to dig deeper than that. You need to dig deeper than just Cody is Dusty's son. You got to dig deep. Why did Cody ask for his release? Why did Cody want out? Why did Cody want to go to the Indies? Why did Cody go join AEW and start AEW? Why did Vince and why did the previous administration, why did management never see anything In Cody Rhodes, why did they opt to go with Roman over someone like Cody who had just as much of a family legacy than than, uh, Roman Reigns does? That's the story. Cody was never the guy. Roman 
Roman was a manufactured guy. That's the top star that they manufacture like fucking toys coming out on a conveyor belt. That's what they do. Cody Rhodes went away and made himself into a bigger star for it, just as big as Roman. That's the story. You didn't believe in me. I had to go do it myself, and now I'm here, and now I'm going to show you that you made a mistake by letting me go because you wanted him, and I'm here, and I'm just as big, and I'm going to take down the guy that you chose over me. That's the story. Dusty is not the story. That's where they're going to fuck up. Any more of this Dusty narrative, I'm done. I wanted to die with this promo. Heyman said it. Heyman said it. This is about you. This is not about your father. That's all you need. I don't want to hear anything else about Dusty. Do it for Dusty. Win the title for Dusty. Fine. It's got to be about why Cody left. And that period of seven fucking years needs to be explained in this story. Now, I trust Cody to tell that story. This is his story. If they avoid that story, then they're fucking up. There's not really much legs. There's not really a lot of anything to stand up on here. The story will be flat. The story will be formulaic. And the story will be bland. A lot of people don't want to recognize that Cody's been gone for seven years. You know, it's like like the fucking Bermuda Triangle. Just uh, somehow his last seven years get fucking disappear. They disappear. They get swept away into the abyss somewhere. That's seven years. Those seven years are the most important of this man's life. And you want to actively ignore it? That would be a huge, huge blow to this storyline. This was incredible. More of this. And it's only getting started. They're doing what they need to do. They're conditioning you that Sammy's not the guy. They want you to know that Sammy's not going to be there. They just need to stay course. Stay the course here. Montez Ford beats Elias in 11 minutes. Bland. Nobody expected Elias to go to the Elimination Chamber. Elias in 2023 is like the fucking Titanic. Dead. Dead. Don't know why Elias is even on my television. Get him off. 11 minutes. Big frog splash. One, two, three. Montez Ford is going to the Elimination Chamber. Bailey and Becky Lynch. Still cage match. This was actually very good. Really, really enjoyed this one. They gave the ladies just enough time to get in what they needed to do. And I enjoyed what they did in the 15 minutes they were given. Becky Lynch was aggressive. Bailey was aggressive. They worked very well together. Bailey was draped over the top rope at one point. Becky Lynch hit a diving leg drop for two. Bailey countered a manhandle slam into a back suplex for two. Bailey tried to escape, so Becky Lynch drove her into the side of the cage. Lynch tried for a leg drop, but Bailey caught her and applied a leg lock. Lynch crawled towards the bottom uh, of the rope and tried to open the door and flung Bailey around into the turnbuckle. Bailey tried the leg lock again, so Lynch drove her into the cage. And they are battling for position on the top rope at this point. Lynch came down with a Bailey to belly 
Bailey delivered a finishing move off the top. Only got a two count. Lynch went after her, and as Bailey was climbing the top, she reached the top of the cage. Becky Lynch caught her and applied a disarm her on top of the cage until Bailey fell back into the ring. Lynch seemed to have this one, but EO Sky climbed up the side of the cage and knocked her back into the ring. Dakota Kai slipped a crutch into the ring. This is when Lita's music hit the PA. And she runs down and grabs EO Sky off the side of the cage. And she hits the mat hard on the outside. She took Kai's other crutch, attacked EO with it, gave her a twist of fate. Lita gets uh, into the action here, slams the door on Bailey's head as she's trying to escape the door. And Lynch followed with a manhandle slam for the one, two, three. Lita gets in the ring and celebrates with Becky Lynch as the show goes off the air. The match itself was good. The match itself was fine. And Lita is back on WWE television for the time being. And we are uh, ending Monday Night Raw on a very random note with Lita showing up. At the end, to help Becky Lynch. Now, where are we going with this? Where are we going with this? This is this is leading towards one thing and one thing only. Clearly, Lita is back, and not far behind is Trish Stratus. WWE, they're going into a pay-per-view in Canada, and they know that it would be a nice little moment here for them to get Bailey and Becky on the show in some way. Let's get Lita involved in Montreal. Let's get Trish Stratus involved. Let's have ourselves a little six-woman tag team match where Becky, Lita, and Trish team up together against Damage Control. And Damage Control could look like three walking L's, even more so at the pay-per-view. That's where that's going. The other idea I was thinking... You know, I don't really know where WWE is going with Becky or Bailey at WrestleMania. If that six-woman tag team match doesn't happen, which, I mean, at this point, I think everybody's kind of in the know about where this is going at the chamber. I was thinking, if they don't do anything at the chamber, what if Lita is teaming with Becky and we get them teaming at WrestleMania and we somehow in 2023 relive Lita and Trish through Bailey and Becky? Now, if we don't get the six-woman tag team match at WrestleMania, what if we do Becky and Lita versus Bailey and Trish at WrestleMania? Could also be an idea on the table, but that's the least likely of the two situations. With Lita showing up tonight and WWE having the pay-per-view in Montreal where, you know, Trish Stratus is from Toronto, Canadian... They're going to try and get the most out of this. Six-woman tag team match, call it a day, and what we do with Bailey and Becky going into WrestleMania, that remains to be seen. I don't know. Whether or not they continue their one-on-one, maybe they get a major spotlighted match at WrestleMania, maybe they get added to the Royal Men's Championship match, I don't know. But it was a very random ending to Monday Night Raw tonight. Not that I didn't like it, it just literally came out of nowhere, and Lita is back on WWE television, and like I said, Trish Raddus is probably not that far behind. But damage control, man, I mean, how much can damage control take? They look like a bunch of losers. Ridiculous. Anyway, 
That is all I got for you, man. That was Monday Night Raw tonight. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me. 2,600 live on the podcast tonight. We got a lot of great discussion happening tonight. I'm glad you guys joined me on my birthday to hang out and have some fun. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. We got 939 likes. We got 2,600 in the venue, man. This should be no way we are looking at less than 1,000 likes. So hit that thumbs up. If you guys are in the chat, I mean, Jesus Christ, it's my birthday. You didn't get me anything. I don't actually get me anything. Just hit the thumbs up. Hit that thumbs up if you're still here. Super chats are open. You're going to get them on in. We're going to hang out in just a bit. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And please go check out all the other content on the channel. Tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Magic Spoon. MagicSpoon.com. You guys are going to use that code SCRIPTS at checkout to save $5 off your first purchase. Or you guys can use the link down below in the description. And it'll take you right to where you need to be. Magic Spoon is cereal reinvented. So many times, man, I'm looking for a nice alternative to cereal for my morning breakfast. You guys know what the cereals nowadays are, man. Full of sugar and nothing good, really. Nothing good. I don't even want to know what else is in these cereals. The cereals that you used to have as a child, man, just think. Think about the cereal that you had as a child. Magic Spoon has created what you loved about your favorite cereal back in the day when you were little, and they made it that much more nutritious. And it tastes the same. It's great. And it's my go-to in my mornings when I need something to get my day started right. You can build your very own box. Variety box. And you can choose from the best-selling flavors such as cocoa, fruity, frosted, which is my favorite. The cookies and cream, which is my second favorite. The peanut butter. Maple waffle. Plus other awesome flavors including honey nut, blueberry muffin, and cinnamon roll. You could even add the cookies and cream and cocoa peanut butter flavored cereal bars to your variety box. Zero grams of sugar, 14 grams of protein, four to five net grams of carbs in each serving, only 140 calories per serving. Telling you, man, what are you doing with your morning routine? And why aren't you incorporating Magic Spoon into it? They're also keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. And this is something new, man. Listen to this exciting news. For every year for their birthday, Magic Spoon releases their coveted limited-edition flavor birthday cake, which has quickly become the ultimate fan-favorite flavor. Magic Spoon heard your feedback and now has added birthday cake to their permanent collection of flavors so you now can get it year-round. Unbelievable. Make sure you guys go and get Magic Spoon. Use the code SCRIPTS for $5 off 
Magic Spoon is also so confident in their product that it's back with a 100% guarantee, happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund you your money. No questions asked. So click the link or you guys can scan this QR code that you see right there on screen and get your Magic Spoon today. MagicSpoon.com. And also for my Canadian British fans, Magic Spoon ships to Canada and the UK. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Going to leave that QR code up for you guys for the rest of the stream. Go get yourself some Magic Spoon, and I'm going to get into these Super Chats. Got a lot of Super Chats to go through, man. Apparently, it was somebody's birthday today. Let's see what we got here. Joseph Taylor with a $3 Super Chat. JD, I hope your birthday today was two sweets. It was great, Joseph Taylor. Thank you so much, brother. Lord J. Coyle with a $41 Super Chat. Happy birthday, JD. Thank you for being part of my life every day. I appreciate everything you do, and I hope you have a great birthday. You deserve it, man. Jay, thank you very much, brother. I appreciate you very much, and thank you for being here, man. Thank you for your generosity. Daniel Easterday with a 28 months in the VIP club. JD, I hope you had a fun birthday. You deserve it. Thank you, Daniel. Appreciate it, brother. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Cody's promo all but confirms his win at WrestleMania. I won't be so sure. I would not be so sure, Michelle. Ryan Heisler with a $5 Super Chat. Happy birthday, JD. During your live streams, I love how you digest articles and give your honesty. I listen with an open mind. Enjoy Resident Evil 4 when it drops. I appreciate you, brother. I'm going to be picking up this Harry Potter game this week, I think. We got a $20 super chat by the Script Keeper. Hey, JD, happy birthday, man. I wish I could give all of us a present on your birthday and kick Vinnie Mac out of the WWE. But I don't have the power, so here's a 10 spot on me. Go out and celebrate OTS style. Scriptkeeper, I think you uh, doubled up, bro. You gave me a 20 spot, not a 10 spot. But I love you anyway, brother. Thank you. I will certainly go out and celebrate, man. Old fashions on me. I had a damn good old fashioned last night, man. Oh, my goodness. Yesterday afternoon, I went to this place. I'm such a fucking whiskey snob now, man. Anywhere I go to order an old-fashioned, I got to ask if they have the proper ice. You cannot serve me an old-fashioned with crushed ice or regular ice cubes. It doesn't work. Whoever made my old-fashioned yesterday, man, it was fantastic. M. James with a $5 Super Chat. Could be an unpopular opinion, but I actually quite like Gunther's current theme a little bit more than the one before. Happy birthday, by the way, J.D. Uh, M. James, uh, I would have to disagree with you, brother. I think his old theme was fucking one of the best themes in WWE. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Tyler with a 199. Happy birthday, you amazing man. You are the best. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate you, brother. The Dud with a $2 Super Chat. Happy birthday, JD. Thank you, Dud. Krana Shah with a $5 Super Chat. 
Happy birthday, JD. From one to another, love your videos and honesty since 2014. Brian turning on Bray. When you come to Chicago, drinks are on me. I love it, man. Chicago's my type of town, bro. Justin with a 199. Happy birthday, JD. Hope you have a great day. Thank you, Justin. Matt Eagle with a 199. Happy birthday to the Don of the IWC. Thank you, Matt. Tony Brown, 199 times two. He says, sexy Mella. Corey Graves is a lucky guy, bro. And then he says, happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, Tony Brown. The script keeper with a $10 super chat. Correction, I meant 20 spot for the last one. And here's five more. By the way, why wasn't Seth Rollins wearing his wife's pantyhose for a shirt? OTS and JD for life. Script keeper, I don't know what's going on, man. It's like you're doubling up on your super chats. Five more, this was a 10 spot, brother. But if you're going to continue doubling up, man, your, uh, your mathematics sit well with me. I'll tell you that. Thank you. Tenario with a $5 Super Chat. What's up, J.D.? First off, happy birthday in question. Were you a fan of the Beverly Brothers growing up? Yeah, I was a fan. I thought they were a very good tag team, very underrated tag team. Eric Newton with a $100 Super Chat. Eric Newton, thank you so much, brother. As always, happy birthday, J.D. Drinks around me. I highly recommend Dead Space Remake if you ever get a chance to it. Hope you're having a great birthday, brother. I'm actually going to pick that up as well. Looks really good. I can't wait for Resident Evil 4, though. That's my jam right there. Uh, Noah Driscoll with a four months in the VIP club. Happy birthday, JD. Hope you had a good one. Raw was pretty good tonight for the most part. I love the segment between Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes. Noah, thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight to celebrate four months in the VIP club? Joseph King with 12 months. Rumor has it. Jay White is set to leave New Japan. In your expert opinion, where do you think he should go that he'll be used correctly? WWE or AEW? AEW's got so much talent right now, bro, that I think Jay White would get lost in the shuffle out there. I'd love to see Jay White in WWE, to be quite honest with you. I think Triple H would take care of him. And he's less he's not even 30 years old yet, dude. Holy shit. I think Triple H would take care of him. Really good. Not today, Jay, with five months in the VIP club. Happy birthday, JD, and here's to another five months as VIP. Raw was an okay show tonight. Yeah, it was okay. I've seen worse. John Lamey with six months. Happy birthday, JD. Thank you, John. Jay and John. Noah and Joseph. What the fuck are you guys drinking? Dom Wapo with a 499. Happy birthday. Great episode of Raw tonight. And what a promo from Cody and Heyman. I will be live to see Cody win those titles. It's a very big possibility, Dom. Cody winning those titles is a big possibility. Shane Brown with one month. Glad to share a birthday week with you, brother. Mine is on Wednesday. Hope it's a good one for you, Shane Brown. Happy early birthday, bro. Enjoy it, and thank you for the one month, man. Hope you are enjoying your stay in the VIP club. 
Jaxo 23 with a 10. Paul Heyman made this title match between Cody and Roman extremely personal. Good. It's exactly what it needed to be. Zach Smith with a 13.99. Happy birthday, brother. If it were a year ago, I'd be cheering you with an ice cold double caribou Lou on the rocks. But sober me is going to have to settle with an ice-cold bottle of water. Cheers. Brother, listen. The fact that you are clean and sober, bro, that earns my utmost respect. I love it. Keep that shit up, Zach. Way too many people I know that abuse alcohol, man. It's disgusting. I've even cut back a lot. Now that I'm working with Genius. Glorious one with a 199. Lita's theme slaps. It always has. I love Lita's theme. And I love Lita. She's a Braves fan, by the way. It makes her instantly that much more hotter. The fact that she's a Braves fan. BJ LJ with a 20 spot. Happy birthday, JD. Thank you, LJ. Appreciate you, brother. Sean Ray J with a 100, uh, with a 10, I'm sorry. MGM Ballin comes in with a 100 after that. Sean Ray J with a 10. Everyone knew it was Sammy KO versus Usos months ago when KO kept telling Sammy to stay away from the bloodline. Not only that, but Jay is just as important as Sammy. This isn't Daniel Bryan all over again. Those are the same words that I uttered on the podcast on Saturday afternoon, brother, when I went live for SmackDown. They don't get it. MGM Ballin with a $100 super chat. Exactly a week removed from my birthday is the birthday of the ace. Happy birthday, sir. Keep being the best at what you do. Here's to many more. Please sing. I got Andy James playing. Nobody wants to hear about shit roll, brother. I appreciate you. MGM Ballin, thank you so much for being here, man. Love having Ballin in the chat. Sean Ray J with six months in the VIP club. Also, happy birthday, J. You became my go-to wrestling podcast and gave me somewhere to release my love for wrestling. Thank you for what you do. OTS for life. I love it. Thank you, man. Cam G with a $100 super chat. Thank you. Cam G, happy birthday, JD. Hope you have a good one. I didn't watch Raw. Didn't care to sit through three hours of meh. But I'll sit here for this great show. Much love, OTS for life. Thank you, Cam G. You know I got your back always, brother. And a fucking reverb in the venue, bro. What's going on, man? It's got to be the construction for my mother's basement. I don't know. 
Jesse's over there fucking sleeping on the goddamn bar, bro. What's going on with the fucking reverb in this joint, bro? I may have to get a new venue. The, falls, the, the, the walls are paper thin out here, bro. Jedi Joker with a $5 super chat. Happy birthday, JD. Thank you for everything you do. I've followed you since December 10th. 2018 and it's been non-stop entertainment daily what the fuck are you drinking Jedi Joker Profi with a $5 super chat says happy birthday thank you Profi Osequi I love you brother fucking guy with a $500 super chat, man. I love this. I love this guy. Osequi. Ridiculous. This guy owns the fucking joint. He owns this and my mother's basement. And the fucking beer garden. You got any problems, you take it up with him. Thank you, brother. Love you. Andy with a $2 super chat. New viewer, happy birthday. Thank you for what you do. Andy, happy to have you, bro. Enjoy your stay. Theo with a $50 super chat. Happy birthday, Jay. You all be had a great weekend, bro. Drinks are on me. Love it. What are we drinking? Theo, what are we drinking? Tanario with a $5 super chat. JD, were you a fan of Edge's SmackDown run and feud with The Undertaker? Yes, I was. Edge is one of my favorites of all time. Ahmed Youssef with a $4.99. Happy motherfucking birthday, Goats. Once Cody vacates the Universal Championship after WrestleMania, Gunther wins the title in the top face on SmackDown. Yes. Yes. Love the idea. Theo with another 1999. JD, I know Undertaker's retired, but could you see at least one more run in with someone at least maybe next year's WrestleMania 40? No. I am done seeing The Undertaker wrestle, and I think The Undertaker is done seeing The Undertaker wrestle as well. Nates with a $5 super chat. Happy birthday, JD. Your podcast has helped me ever since I found it. Can you try to do a Charlotte Android Denise voice? I don't know. Will that work? Will that even work? Let's see. I've had two, both of them at the same time. I can only do one or the other. Oh, Cody! Cody! Can I ask you a question, Cody? Sorry, bro. My roadcaster will not let me do both at the same time. I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, Tyler Smith with a 199. Uh, get Tyler Smith out of here. This guy is. Uh, this guy's. Thank you for the, uh, bro. Thank you for the 199, bro. Tyler Smith, thank you for the 199, bro. I'm gonna buy myself some new bag storage for my Pokemon Go. 
Goodbye. Get him out. People are donating 199 to uh, talk shit to me now, man. I mean, and who's winning here, bro? You're just as much of a walking Ellis damage control. Phil with two 999 super chats. Happy birthday, JD. That Cody Heyman segment was perfection. Storytelling at its finest. I hope the Cody Reigns story continues to be that good. Making it personal. The way they did was the way to go. I really wanted Brock and Bobby at WrestleMania. The third match to end the feud should happen on the grandest stage possible. I doubt we leave these two off the Mania card. What do we do with them now? Uh, Phil, for all we know, we're looking at a match number four between these two. I have no fucking clue. I wish I could tell you, bro. I don't know who I don't know who Brock Lesnar wrestles. Maybe they do have Austin lined up. I have no clue. No clue whatsoever what they do with Brock Lesnar going into WrestleMania. And honestly, I don't even care. Brock Lesnar WrestleMania is the least of our concerns. He is such a non-focal point for WrestleMania, which should be the way. Cody Snyder with a $10 Super Jet. Happy birthday, Chief OTS for life. Thank you, Cody. Eric Ambassador with a $4.99. Happy birthday. Uh, Happy birthday to the motherfucking ace, the GOAT of the IWC. Also, if they revive Sanity... I wouldn't mind a heel Loomis being a part of that group. You know, for all we know, that may be where they're headed with this. They did hire Eric Young back, right? Eric Young and Dexter Loomis together? I think that would be great. Theo with a 1999 JD. Do we get a Randy versus Cody before he retires? Absolutely. The story there would be tremendous. DGK Dog with a 499. Becky and Bailey are great. Unlike Charlotte, they don't need a title. There hasn't been a one-on-one non-title women's match at WrestleMania since 2006. Wow. That's crazy. Julian with a 499. Happy birthday, JD. Hopefully you had fun today. Thank you, Julian. Mike NY with a $5 Super Jet. Happy birthday, JD. Paul is epic on the mic. Does Cody wrestle at the chamber? Maybe against Solo. Uh, I have no idea, bro. I'm not putting Cody in useless matches right now, man. I'm okay if Cody is off the match card for Elimination Chamber. Jeremy Lewis with 17 months in the venue. Nail on the head as usual, JD. Love you. Great show, as always, to close out your birthday. Right, happy birthday, and cheers to the IWC Messiah. Thank you for 17 months, Jeremy. On your way to that golden microphone, brother. Because I'm a wizard with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? Happy birthday. If you had a chance to step into a ring and cut a promo... What would it be about, and what would your ring name be? I have no idea, man. You know, I have no idea. I would uh, I would honestly just be myself. I mean, there's no bigger heel than JD. So why not? Clone Force with a nine, uh, 199. Happy birthday, JD. You are the best podcaster. Thank you, Clone. 
Phil with a $4.99. Been here since the WrestleMania 30 review, and I'll never stop supporting the king of the IWC. Keep being you. Never change. OTS for life. Happy birthday. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate you, man. Clone Force with a $1.99. Favorite Batista babyface run he had in his career. Uh, None of them. The Batista that we should have got was Hollywood Batista before he fucking left the company, and that's the Batista I missed. That's the Batista I wanted. Zach Smith with a $6.99. Appreciate that, JD. My last drink was a month after I asked my girl to marry me, and I never looked back. Bro, that's all the inf- that's all the inspiration and influence you need, brother. Keep that shit going, man. And Clone Force with a $4.99. Could you see Heyman and MJF doing a segment together in the future? I think it would be gold. Absolutely. MJF will end up in WWE at some point in his career. No doubt about it. Guys, I am about to get out of here. I appreciate all of your support. Uh, You guys killed it tonight, man. You know, you show up. You've made my birthday more special than uh, than anything, honestly. And I love being here for you guys. Without you, this show is nothing. Uh, I'm just one guy. W- without you guys, this show is not as good as it is. So I appreciate everything you guys have done to me, for me. I appreciate all the kind words today. It doesn't go unnoticed, believe me. You're more of a family to me than than anything. So, I appreciate you guys very much. I don't know what we're doing tomorrow. Depending on the news, we'll see what happens. We'll take it uh, hour by hour. We'll take it by the day. Uh, I'm not covering NXT because, quite frankly, nobody gives a fuck. So, it is what it is. But next time you see me live, we'll be on Wednesday with Jesse. I will be live for AEW Dynamite. And Jesse and I are going to do our thing like we usually do on Wednesday night as we head towards AEW Revolution. Should be awesome. Anyway, guys, again, thank you so very much. Please continue to hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the super chat love. Thank you for the new memberships. Go check out Magic Spoon, man. Get some Magic Spoon. MagicSpoon.com. Code scripts or use the link the affiliate link in the description. Go get yourself some great tasting cereal. Courtesy of the podcast, magicspoon.com. $5 off using code script at checkout. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And please go check out all the other content, including a ton of YouTube shorts that are on the channel right now that offer some great topical discussion. Anyway, guys. I'm getting out of here. I'm going to get some sleep. My body is fucking ravaged from the two-hour gym session today. I'm going to get some sleep. I'll be back tomorrow with whatever you guys need, man. Let me see those ace emojis in the chat. Let me see those Mustang emojis in the chat. Let me see those guitar emojis in the chat. And let me hear that music. I need that music turned up to max. I'll see you guys possibly tomorrow, if not Wednesday, back live in the venue for AEW Dynamite right here on Off The Script. Thank you guys for everything. I love you. And I'll see you Wednesday live with Jesse on Dynamite.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.